Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Sharegating, episode 33. We discuss pretty much just football in this one. So for anybody that's been dying to hear about college football again, because we're about three months out, you'll enjoy this episode. What else do we talk about, Jay? Uh, we talk about football, and then a little bit more football, and then a little bit of hockey. A tiny, like, I think not even a minute of hockey, and over an hour of football. A lot of G5 football, so sit back and enjoy. Let's get into it. Hello, come right in. Alright, so as promised, we are here to talk football this episode, because why not? How long until the football season, Jay? I think it's three weeks. Three weeks, okay. Yeah, yeah. so why not? We're going we're gonna to start talking football. Three weeks out, what better time to start talking? Oh, three months, sorry, three months. Right, that's what I meant to say also. Three months. Bad radio. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into some of the headlines that have been in the news, like Herm Edwards, yeah, it's more just funny stuff. I don't know. It's it's stuff that I think people take too seriously because it's the off season, uh, and it's it's fun to sit back and read this with kind of a sarcastic lens and and pretend like it's not as serious as it actually is, or it's it's more serious than it actually is. Um, so the the Herm Edwards thing, uh, I was actually pretty intrigued with the um, when when I saw the headline that he was going to be cutting scholarship players. I don't know if you saw that. I, I did about, not. Why? What's his reasoning for this? It was about a week back. I think he's just trying to stay in the headlines. And uh, he's saying, basically, if you're not contributing, I don't care if you've got a scholarship. Like, I'm, I'm willing to cut you, which I'm, I'm cool with that, you know? Um, okay. Yeah, that's fine. It, so I so I, I read a couple articles about it. Um, basically, it's, it's nothing new. I don't know if anybody's actually done this before, but... Um, yeah, they would still attend the, the school because they've got the scholarship commitment but they just wouldn't participate in any football activities, okay. which, good for him. So, um, I mean, 
just hearing that right now, what it sounds like to me is that he just he's he, he his favorite movie is probably Rudy, and so he just wants a, a team of Rudys. Oh, it's exactly. I mean, I I've never met the guy, but just based on my experiences of of watching him on ESPN and all of the interviews that I've seen him in, that that makes sense. I would not doubt that. Yeah, he's just like, well, you know, Rudy was really good. He was never a scholarship player. And he plays harder than everybody else, so I'm just gonna get a whole bunch of walk-ons and then actually start them over all my scholarship players, regardless sounds, of their talent. Yeah, they have the heart. They have the heart. That's all that matters. Even though Rudy was offsides. Yeah. No, that's true. Definitely. Everybody Anyone, knows that. He played. He played what? Two plays. Was it two? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He played the kickoff. And right, then, and then the big one where he like was part of a sack and he was offsides. So, yeah. So Looking there you back go. On it, did you think they actually maybe overhyped that situation? Like, how many non-scholarship athletes now get to play on a team? And yeah. Was there like a bigger, like an underlying story of that, or was it just a non-scholarship athlete making a team? No, it was just like a guy that was too. He was always told he was too small to play. Pretty much what Baker Mayfield did. I, do you keep up with him on social media? No, I don't. Well, you know that it. I solely use social media just to surround myself with people that I hate. Um, just so you can you can open Twitter and they get really pissed off. Yeah, and start like tweeting at them. Uh, Baker Mayfield was doing some kind of like charity thing, which already, you know, pisses me off. I don't want to see any uh, athlete doing charity. That's just fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And it was something about like, I want to help people that were told they were too small to play like me. And he just went on this whole, like, Rudy rant about how he was always too small, but look at him now. Um, I got a lot of backlash because I decided to comment that he grew up in Lake Travis and attended one of the best high school football teams in the state of Texas and was a starting quarterback. The country. Okay, yeah. So I just, I I felt like I had to kind of add that little tidbit. Like, oh, yeah, what was me? Like, your life must have been pretty tough to grow up in the wealthiest neighborhood in Central Texas and, I guess, one of the best high school football teams in the country start as a quarterback for a team that's notorious for uh, producing D1 yeah. athletes, specifically quarterbacks. But, yeah, yeah that no, that's tough, man. That's that's every, tough. Every quarterback in Lake Travis in the past 30 years has gone on to play Division One football. Yeah, so, I mean, it's tough. I, do you remember he had to go to Texas Tech for, like, a little bit? That's, yeah, that must have been awful. That's a pretty rough life. He had to go all the way up to Lubbock. Uh, UT didn't want him. I mean, yeah, wow. You know, he played the Big Twelve. He was the only talented quarterback in the history, in modern history, that UT has overlooked. You know, like RG three, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, no, he's the only one. And uh, and yeah, so he was pulling a full on Rudy when he did that, and I I just thought it was hilarious. So I'm thinking maybe there needs to be a Baker Mayfield movie now. Mm-hmm. It's just Rudy too. I'm just I'm just saying like I feel like every team has some walk on that was kind of overlooked and then they earn the scholarship. We see the videos all the time on Twitter where yeah. they, they give them the scholarship. Yeah, the coach in the yeah the coach in the locker room is like, all right, I want to offer yada 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 the scholarship and then everyone freaks out. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's awesome to watch, but it just happens all the time. Maybe that's maybe Rudy started it. I think, I think that's the thing. I think Rudy started the trend. So we're kinda we, we celebrate Rudy 
for starting the trend of guys that are aren't actually very good at football but play football anyway and never uh, earn a scholarship um back to this from my words thing for just a brief second before we move on to something else he's kind of getting like the the tide's kind of turning um you know initially when he started coming out and didn't really know the mascot and doing all that stupid stuff everybody's yes. kind of tearing him up on twitter but now people are kind of turning on his side and saying well maybe this is just like a new thing that people are doing or a new thing that teams are going to be doing is is uh hiring the ceo mold um but i'm reading these articles and i'm trying to figure out what's different about him um this article from the from the athletic says that edward's job is to coach and recruit not to worry about marketing materials or pregame meals that's right. someone else's role to know it's like has that been the coach's role before? No, if, if not has, that I know of. I thought. Why has it been run so inefficiently before? Like that's what that's what I'm wondering. I don't. How I don't understand. I I thought he was brought in not really to coach, but to do the marketing and stuff yeah, like that. That's that's what I thought his role was. So. Right. I thought yeah. he was just there to talk to boosters and talk to recruits and just be the face of it, kind of like um, like he's the president of the United States, but he doesn't actually do anything it's the illuminati that runs the team he's Mm -hmm. just the face of the team so uh, he's the president and there's some people that actually run it behind him that essentially is the illuminati uh yeah but uh regardless of all this i'm actually kind of rooting for him Uh, i think they could be actually pretty good this year they i know they they turned things around last year um got to a bowl game and many wilkins their quarterbacks are turning so it there, I mean, there's a chance they could get like eight wins or something. Okay, how, uh, much, do you, how much are they paying him? Do we know this? Yeah, I'm sure it's public. I, mm. I don't know exactly. See, my question is, I don't mind the the role, that type of thing they're going after, but I just want to know if they're overpaying because they're probably overpaying him. Let's see. I think I'm I'd rather worried. like put all that money into a guy that actually knows like how to be a really good coach. Also, oh, it's two million base salary, so nothing. Oh. Pack 12 though, I wonder where that lines up. Well, I don't. Maybe that's not a bad idea then. Pay some guy that that you know that a little bit of extra just to be the face of the program. Not yeah, a terrible I idea. I think it's working so far in recruiting. Like he's well, they've he's been in the news money. nonstop. So yeah, it's helping their brand, no doubt. Well, I don't know. It, it hurt him initially, I think, because it kind of took away some of the legitimacy um, associated with it. But they've certainly been in the uh, in the news lately. Speaking of uh, new coaches that you know they have they got hired and they haven't coached yet um what do you think scott frost what about him do you i mean nebraska has been like going crazy and i think that i've mentioned obviously during the season and when it happened that that was the best hire of the year what do you think nebraska is going to be doing this year i think the nebraska fan base has such high expectations because of the history of the program um, you know, it's one of those programs that just expects you know, 10 wins a year. And once they reach that 10-win threshold, then it's national championship or we're hired someone else. So, uh, and so since it's been down for so long, they're going to be expecting with this new hire at least 10 wins. If, if But, I mean, they'll probably get a year uh, before, before they really start getting up. So what this reminds me perfectly of was Tom Herman going to Texas. I, I was thinking more like... Um, like Jim Harbaugh. Really? Yeah, it's like a big splash hire, and then um, I know the the fans are starting to get sick of his of his 
stuff now. Um, well, the reason the, the reason I like this is our savior, and then it's like they're starting to turn on him. The reason I was thinking it was like Herman going to Texas was Texas once great, you know, fans expect greatness, and they haven't got it in a long time. Oh, so and, you're saying Herman to Texas? I thought you were thinking Herman to Houston. That was kind of no, 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 no. Frost to Nebraska is like Herman to Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, and when Texas hired Herman, that was the best hire because Herman was Scott Frost like two years ago. Everybody yeah. wanted him, and he did amazing for a very short time at a good G5 program. And so what I'm thinking is is going to happen is it's going to be similar to Texas's season last year. They're going to play a lot closer with the really good teams. They'll probably have like seven wins. What do you think? Who, Texas or Nebraska? Nebraska. Yeah, I'd say seven is probably a good line to set. I'd, I'd probably take the over on that, but I think that's pretty safe. See, I would take the under, honestly. I'm, I'm giving seven as like being generous. I don't, I don't Nebraska has, like well, Nebraska has a shitty team. I mean, Scott Frost is a really good coach. I understand that. But there's a difference between coaching in the American Conference and coaching in the Big Ten with a shitty team. There's only so much you can do. And on top of that, I think a lot of coaches do really well at a school in the American, and it doesn't transition as well because when they're in those smaller schools, they don't have to deal with the politics. that they that, So they're not really used to the politics. And then they go to a school like Texas or Nebraska, and now they got to deal with all the politics behind it too. Yeah, actually, I just, I just looked at who they're returning, and it's not very it's not very good. They they lost a ton. I know obviously they lost Tanner Lee, their quarterback, right? But they also lost quite a bit of, of return production. Okay, so now would you go under on that seven? I w- I mean, it's you'd have to put it at a, like a six and a half or seven and a half because I'd probably go at seven. Okay, all right. I'm gonna go at a six and a half then. But that should you know they're in the Big Ten. That's good, and I think they won't get like necessarily blown out like i don't think they're gonna get really embarrassed because i think scott frost is a really good coach but he doesn't have a good team it's his first year he's dealing with you know a new team essentially like a new players um and i think nebraska just needs to chill and be happy that they have a great coach and give him a couple years to build the program which leads you which leads this conversation to tom herman um, hey, I've said this when they hired him. I, I hated that they hired him, and I knew that they were going to fail last year. I said that. They actually made it to a bowl. I said they wouldn't. Um, but I said the whole time, Herman is a great coach, and if he has two or three years there, they're going to have a really good program. So yeah, I think that's happening. I, last yeah. year, uh, granted, they did a little bit better than I expected, but uh, this year, I mean, they're – probably going to be really good this year yeah i'd, I'd say so uh especially with with returning quarterbacks i, I we've seen this story play out before though um yeah i feel kind of like this that they're going to get super overhyped because they're probably going to beat usc the first game of the year oh yeah oh <laughs> oh i can already hear it the texas yep. is back oh man exactly. yep. it's going to be the primetime game on on saturday night you know the first weekend of the year and we're gonna. It's gonna be a great game. Sam and USC is not returning back. that much either. Their their team's not gonna be outstanding by any means. No, exactly. USC is a team's like they're gonna figure it out late in the season, maybe. Right. Uh, which will make that that win at the beginning of the year uh, for Texas to look a lot better. But but doesn't necessarily say a ton about yeah. Texas. Yeah. 
And here's the thing, they do have returning quarterbacks, but do we know if they've even figured the situation out yet? Because that was one of their uh, downfalls last year was their quarterbacks. Yeah, so, I think they're going to go with Ellinger. Yeah, um, so have, I feel like we're giving a lot of credit to a team that's returning two quarterbacks, but we're not remembering the quarterbacks that are returning are the ones that were confusing us last year. Where, like They didn't know what to do. So they need to go into this season ready to go with one guy and like stick with him. Yeah, and not to go too much into like preview mode, but it's I mean it. This is the year for Texas to do it in the Big Twelve because Oklahoma, you know, lost Bryce right. Baker obviously. Right. Uh, Oklahoma State lost all their playmakers. Um, TCU's T- kind of reloading again. I was gonna say uh, TCU's is looking pretty good, but look, the biggest thing is you got rid of Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma needs to rebuild a little bit. It, is it Lincoln Riley's second season coaching? Yeah, this is just only his second. Yeah, season. so. You know, I think he's a great coach, but, you know, with some of that, the team that he inherited last season, who knows? I guess this season we'll find out. But yeah, I don't know. Kyler Murray's, Murray's going to probably do good things there. But regardless, it's not quite the same OU as they were last year. So you're right. I think this is their year that Texas needs to pull the trigger and, and uh, try to win the conference. Yeah, that is probably their, their best shot. Um, and I mean, unless they just keep recruiting the way they are, then they'll be fine. Well, that's that's Herman's uh, that's his bread and butter recruiting, especially in Texas. He knows how to do it. Speaking of the state of Texas, um, I don't know if you've, you've seen this this Mike Leach raccoon story. <laughs> I like how you brought that all the way back to the state of Texas. It's been a few years uh, since I, you could bring that one back, but yeah, it has. And he, he apparently he hates Lovick. <laughs> Who doesn't though? The people that actually say they like Lubbock are just lying to themselves and everyone else. And they know that they're lying. That's the worst part. Lubbock sucks. I've been there. Anybody that's been there knows Lubbock. Like, Lubbock just sucks. And I get it if that's where you went to college and you, and you have to vouch for it. I'm not going to give you a hard time. You went to school there. You need to, like, vouch for it. But, you know, if you're listening to this and you went to Texas Tech, I'm not going to call you out publicly. But just be honest with yourself right now. When you're by yourself, you can say, Lubbock sucks. It's the worst fucking college town in America. Well, I think they have an affinity for it while they're there because they have so many great experiences. But if you ask an alumni maybe two or three years out, after they've experienced other cities and other other areas, they've, they've probably realized that it wasn't. I don't know. I talked to a lot of tech people, and they're like, no, Lubbock's the best place ever. Well, and now they just need th- to keep... Well, well, that's what I'm saying. People make fun of Aggies for being like this cult uh, following and like lying to themselves because they're in a cult. I'm like, no, Texas Tech is the biggest cult because they actually think Lubbock is a decent place. Not even just good, a decent. Like, it is the worst place I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah, look, like, I, I like Oxford, um, but I realized that my memories there are from college and well, I'm not i didn't gonna try and live i there. didn't go to college there and i can tell you oxford's one of the best college towns yeah but like i'm not gonna try and live back there like i'm, I'm trying right. to live in other right. areas but um, yeah i mean oxford is just a good college town so your experience is a little bit different um i mean i went to school in houston that's a city i didn't even go to college in a college town and uh i've been to a lot of great college towns most college towns are great lubbock is a shithole I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure the students have fun there, though. Yeah. No. That I'm not even gonna say that because I'm positive they have fun. I know a lot of people that went to school there. They have a lot of really fun parties, 
cool bars. It, I'm sure you have a really fun time, but it is depressing looking. Everything has a tint of red in the air because of the, the dust that's constantly blowing up. I mean, it's, it's an ugly place too. It's just ugly, everything's ugly. So it's terrible. It's just fucking terrible. Anyway, yeah. Mike, Mike Leach. <laughs> uh, Mike Leach, I haven't actually read too much into this. I just, I saw the headline and I, I figured I had to bring it up. Um, I'm reading it on USA Today. It's a video, I don't know where he got sidetracked onto this. I think a lot of times, I'll just read it. It's apparently he tracked a raccoon one time in the snow for miles. Um, it was in his neighborhood. There's some fresh tra- raccoon tracks. And he'd been digging at someone's garbage. So he followed the tracks. And he didn't even know the people that that uh, that lived there. But he just he followed the, the raccoon. <laughs> yeah, of and course. A lot of times I wonder if he just gets on these tangents and, and somehow leads to this. But when I actually listen to it, a lot of times the reporters realize that they can get these weird stories out of them. So they kind of ask strange questions to receive a strange answer. Yeah, I, I absolutely. They do that every time. You, you can crazy. tell when they're doing it. They're setting him up for like a funny story and, and he feeds right into it. I think he loves telling these stories. Yeah, like imagine asking whatever question this was asked. Imagine asking that to Nick Saban. He would, he would ban that reporter from press conferences for life. Yeah, and also... Um, this will never happen, but a national championship, one side coached by Nick Saban, one side coached by Mike Leach, would be maybe the best college football championship of all time. Don't say never. This is, this is our year. Just, I don't even care about the product on the field. I care about the sidelines, the interviews. That would be hilarious. No, I'd love to. I'd love to hear what what Nick Saban says about Mike Leach. Just like announcing his presence and just having to answer, "Hey, what do you think about this guy?" You know. Well, he's yeah. very. Uh, because like, they're both like pretty actually. like stubborn, you know, and uh, just Mike Leach is but, just weird. He's just so yeah. weird, but he's also stubborn and kind of cocky about himself. So that would be perfect. They both have that aspect, but their their personalities are almost one eighties of each other in terms of like creativity and just eccentricness. But they're also super dry and blunt. So <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, man. It's, it's, I want to see. There's probably a video somewhere of them together. It's got to be. I'm sure they've, they've encountered each other. I'm going to do some research. Anyway, go on with your raccoon story. No, that's, that's about it. Uh, that's about it? That, okay. I did hear that there was like some whispers about Leech being on the hot seat this year. Didn't also, back to the raccoon, I was reading in this a little bit. Didn't he mention that he took it as a pet and named it um, Bilbo Baggins? Uh, where you seen that? Oh man, I, I let me see if I can still find that because I was hoping you were gonna mention this. Um, let's see. He talked about his affinity for the mass creature late. Nah, nah, nah. Well, this one says, "At my place in Key West, raccoons will show up sometimes, and I always and I'm always happy when they do." I named my pet raccoon after one of my favorite book characters, Bilbo Baggins. Wait, when is this article from? This was today. Wow. I don't know how our articles have completely different quotes. <laughs> yeah. Um, was this like another, he was like asked again about it or something? Maybe that's a separate like raccoon story. I don't know. But he, he caught one in Key West, took it as a pet, and named it Bilbo Baggins because that's his favorite uh, book character. 
Oh yeah, actually, I'm seeing that right now. And the picture is him eating a banana. What? What's the website? Um, I think yeah, that's SB Nation. Okay. Well, yeah. Damn. Why am I not reading on SB Nation? I love SB Nation. I, I do. That's I do see that now um, on a different website. Yeah. That's so. Okay. Different raccoon stories. I get. We have multiple. This just in. Mike Leach. Multiple raccoon stories. I actually saw a raccoon uh, today. Just when I was when I was going out to my car, I saw it going through our trash. Well, now you're gonna think of Bilbo Baggins and Mike Leach every time. It's, those things are crazy. I don't think I've ever seen one that close. Really? Yeah, they just stand there and look at you with those crazy eyes, and they have their hands. They've got something in their hands, just like like you <laughs> yeah, like they're just stealing shit. Yeah. Yeah, and then they just run off because they're yeah, so scared. They're the little thieves of like the animal kingdom. It's crazy. I, I I like them. I mean, I don't like them to go through my trash, but I gotta respect them. No, I respect them. They they're like uh, it's not like a deer where a deer just stares at you like blindly and like doesn't know what to do. Raccoons are like aware of you yeah. and like who you are, and they're like, okay, I'm just gonna like stare at them and kind of slowly sneak away with his like half-eaten sandwich. Yeah. I I think if they if they didn't have such an urge to dig through trash, they could actually be pretty productive animals. Yeah, um, we we gotta look into research that they've done in them. I wonder if they're intelligent like dogs. Like they know about humans, they know what we are. But they're instead of dogs, where they like are obedient for food, they're just like, nah, we'll just hang around outside and steal their leftover food and not have Yo, to be. Imagine, obedient. I mean, imagine back in the day, the first people that brought in dogs as pets. If they would have just brought in raccoons, like this world would have been so much different. Yeah, they could have too. I mean, we just we, as easily. We, we don't think about that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, I guess back then they needed dogs to like hunt and stuff. Yeah, that's but true. But raccoons they could have used to steal shit, and that also would have been smart. They, yeah, I bet you you could train one of them. Yeah, well, you know about like the train monkeys over in like the Middle East or Africa that like are trying to steal people shit. So I don't even want to know. Yeah, so we could that the raccoon could be our American version of a monkey. I'm not against it. I was at a bar one time and a guy had uh, two pet monkeys on his shoulders. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it was actually a crazy experience. So maybe we should start walking around with raccoons on our shoulders. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not there yet. So speaking of uh, raccoons on our shoulders, what about um, Josh Rosen in the news? I think you could have had a little smoother transition there. No, that worked. I think that played out perfectly. Our our audience will really enjoy this. By the way, I think we like have an audience. I was like Dude. googling chair gaming to see people have talked about us a little bit on Reddit. Like somebody was like, "Hey, I'm looking for a, a podcast that talks about college baseball," and somebody, I, some random person was like, "I don't know if it's what you're looking for, but like, there's a podcast called Chair Gaming, and they talk about college sports, and sometimes they talk about baseball." Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, uh... Speaking of which, our website's up. Like, the... I've redone everything, and the website is clean as shit. If you Google... If you Google... Most hated NASCAR drivers 2018. We are the second or third article to come up in Google. That's a very unspecific Google search. Yep, but if yeah, anybody... Just about every day. If anybody's searching it, hey, I searched it before I wrote the article. I was like, I wonder who the most hated is. And like, no, nothing good came up, so I was like, I'm going to write this fucking article. 
And uh, if you search that now, bada bing, bada boom. The website is clean, though. I mean, Barstool better watch out because I think our website's actually uh, better. I don't think we should be aiming at Barstool. I think we should be aiming at bigger fish like ESPN, like SNBC, like Fox News. SB Nation? I mean, they had all those layoffs. Maybe we should be like aiming at them because they're like the, the weak horse right now. You know, they're like a big horse, but they're like limping instead of running. So we could aim right at them now. And with that little pony that's just galloping up to them. We are. Yeah, we're catching up. We're that like, uh, what's the, what's the goddamn horse movie? Like the Rudy version, but for horses. Oh, Troy. Nope. That's, that's not the, the movie I'm thinking of at all. Um, Seabiscuit. We're like the Seabiscuit. Nobody saw us coming. We didn't get a full ride scholarship. We're a walk-on. We got told we were too small to run this race. Uh, yeah, but back to Josh Rosen. I think yeah. our discussion on Josh Rosen is a little overdue, but uh, I was kind of just waiting for it to, to die down. But I guess since the draft is coming up, it, it hasn't. Um, the All the discussion kind of has been... He has interests outside of football, so NFL GMs are kind of scared to, to take a risk. So out. I don't understand this. It, are the interests him reading books? Like I, I, that's what I've heard, so I don't know. He's just kind of like an intellectual guy. He he. When when he answers interview questions, it's not the typical, you know, I'm just playing to win the game. Um, all respect to my teammates. Like he's got deep answers to his questions, um, and he's like into conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Um, so it kind of scares people because they're used to quarterbacks being like the Peyton Mains, the Tom Brady's that are just live and die by football and so have no other risk. This is a this is a Tony Stark Iron Man situation where they want the Captain America. Like, hey, don't think. Yeah. Just go out there and be Captain America. But this guy's like Tony Stark, and he's like, no, I'm gonna think about this. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's got he's got intellectual pursuits, and not to say that he's an incredibly talented quarterback. And like, I mean, you watch him on the field and he does great things and he's a great leader. And all you hear is great things about him in the, uh, in the locker room by his teammates. But for some reason, these GMs, I, I can't tell if this is just something that gets people talking. Like we need things to talk about in this draft process. So we just come up with stuff. Um, I can't tell if it's one of those things or if this is actual like things that are being talked about in NFL GM offices. Well, if he is the Tony Stark, then I think he needs to play with Gronk because Gronk would be Hulk, obviously. Um, and Tony Stark and Hulk work well together. Who's Thor though? Hmm. I'll have to think. I'll have to think deeper about this. And maybe write a maybe write a yeah, blog. Yeah, be an article. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to think deeper into this. He could be like the next uh, Peyton Manning though for the Patriots. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, come up behind Peyton. My only thing is, like, there's no way people are actually like, oh, this guy's too smart to uh, be a quarterback. We don't want him. Like, there's no way anybody actually actually Look, says I'm, that, I'm, right? I'm on your side. Like, this is so stupid that you would think that. But at the same time, this system has been working for so long, and we've seen the success track. Like, we've seen all the quarterbacks that have come in and failed. We've seen the quarterbacks that have come in and succeeded. And if you just take the ones that have succeeded, they've all been in kind of the same mold. It's like these guys just live and die with football, and that's all they talk about. It's, they give the most uh, just just stereotypical answers in their interview processes. Well, when's the what's the last uh, really intelligent quarterback we can remember? 
Andrew Luck, but he was still um, like super corny and cheesy. Yeah, and, and he's not- and he looks dumb, so that doesn't really count because he just looks like a dumb guy. So, well, um, Andrew Luck, he's got like a book club. He's like a pianist. Yeah, but he just uh, looks so Rose stupid. Baller. He looks like he breathes out of his mouth. You know, one of those kids. So. Mm. Obviously, quarterbacks are very intelligent because they have to right all this stuff. But it's it's it almost seems like a different kind of intelligence. Yeah, and I'm not saying like Josh Rosen has got a super high IQ. He's just he's just curious on a lot of things. I think. Yeah, I don't I don't understand this. I think this is fake news. I'm gonna chalk it up to fake news, um, and I think he's gonna get drafted drafted fairly high still. And everyone's yeah. gonna forget that this was ever a storyline. I hope he goes number two to uh, to the Giants, to at least yeah. to uh, play under Eli for a year before he retires, and then what, take over the. What was the New he? York. What did I hear about him wanting to go to like a big market like New York? What was that about? Um, I don't know. I'm about to look it up. I heard something I mean, about him wanting to go to a big market, so I don't know. Look, I mean. These guys get interviewed so much, like multiple times a day. Um, so it was probably just like, like, hey, you might go to New York. Would you like a big market? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, and then that's the headline. It's like, oh, Josh Rosen talks crap about Cleveland. <laughs> Josh Rosen hates Green Bay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's what? Like, you, you can get so much just material out of these guys because they're interviewed so much. Um, and then with a guy like Josh Rosen, who doesn't give the same answer to every single question, it's just more more possibilities so for, uh, would you for would you for. say it's fair to say josh rosen is the mark zuckelberg of this year's draft oh god uh getting getting like interviewed and having to answer these questions and uh he's like a really smart guy but he keeps saying different things that like these old people don't understand so they're like what yeah, it's just like throwing off red flags like whoa 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 this doesn't whoa. sound like we've heard before whoa facebook what yeah, I like to, I like to give him more credit than than Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, well, I don't know. That's the robot. Pretty, pretty smart guy. Um, Cyborg. Yeah, he is. Oh my god, that is terrifying. So, I think that's it for like headlines, like what's been in the news, right? Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Um, we had an Easter egg. As I, as I called it in last episode, that we would be talking football. And I think the main thing that we wanted to talk about in this episode was something we were kind of discussing outside of recording was, like, what the best G5 team is going to be this year. Well, no, I, I want to be specific about this, about okay. this topic. Maybe okay. maybe that was the way that, that you took it. And I'm it's absolutely the way to I hear what it. you have to say. Mine was, what G5 team has the best chance to make the playoffs? And that doesn't necessarily... Mm. mean which team is best it also means which team has the schedule to set it up uh to make a pass because you know it, it has to be multifaceted you can't just be the best team you also have to have the wins to uh to put you into the conversation okay yeah so you have to have some uh some p5 games scheduled stuff like that not only that but like good p5 games right yeah so i so i put together a little list of, of potential candidates um, and although I don't think it's likely due to the history of of the uh, selection committee's you know procedures, uh, I did have the liberty uh, and did put together a list. Of-
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash teamready. Of, of who I think might fit that that criteria. Okay, let me hear it. So, did you did you have any ideas when you're coming up with this stuff? Well, I took it a little bit different, and I decided to just kind of talk about who I thought the best P5 teams would be. But it G5. can definitely, yeah, G5. But it can definitely play into this. Um, yeah, they're, so, they're certainly related. It's just slightly different. Right. So. You can start off with the list you have, and then I'll feed off yours because you probably have more about like who's got what in schedules. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's a little lengthy. Um, okay, that's fine. I, I went I went through uh, Bill Bill Connolly's projections for the S and P. Yeah, for the S and P. I wrote down every G five that he had ranked above ninety in S and P. It was like twenty six teams. I wrote them all down and their rankings. I definitely. Okay, so I did, I did everything uh, above seventy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we so did. Uh, we we had similar ideas then. I guess with this, I also. Well, I decided to go down to like Cincinnati at eighty-eight, and I included Rutgers at eighty-four because I don't think they're actually a P five team. No, I agree. Yeah, they're not. They're not actually P five. So you stopped at Northern Illinois then, didn't you? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So you you go then. Let's hear what you got. Yeah. So what I did was I, I took that list and then I cross referenced it with with their um, out of conference schedules, right? To kind of get an idea of of who had potential to not only win out but also have good resume boosting wins on their schedule. Um, so I went through the list. Obviously, UCF and Boise State kind of headlined the list right. in terms of like projections, but UCF doesn't really have anybody out of conference that's like of note you know they play UConn and UNC and and Pittsburgh but UConn is play. in conference yeah sorry I guess they, they start the year with that I don't know I wrote that that's down. weird that they start the year with that because that's in conference yeah um, but they also have uh, South Carolina State and Florida Atlantic so it's kind of that's weak they're really they're really hoping that UNC and Pitt go on like a 10 win season which isn't likely right and we've seen the UCF team go undefeated with out of conference wins and not go to the playoffs. So I think that's, I'm going to count that out. Um, in the American conference, that's pretty much it. You know, Memphis and USF Whoa. don't have out of conference. Uh, Houston, we got Arizona Houston. and Texas Tech. Houston, Houston has a chance. Um, they're really hoping that, that Rice, Arizona and Texas Tech, their three out of conference games, um, all have huge seasons. Um, if so, then, you know, that would, that would be the really the only opportunity. Well, I was gonna say Memphis. Memphis uh, plays Missouri. I mean, that's 
an SEC team. Memphis plays Missouri? Yep. Down uh, in the middle of their schedule. Okay, so that's still... Um, yeah, it's I not the best, that. but it's an SEC team. You gotta... I don't know why to see that, but still, we, we've seen Houston beat Florida State yep. and, and not make it. No, um, the, you mean Oklahoma. We... Oh, yeah, sorry. They played Florida State in the bowl game. Right, and but Louisville. We know, we know what it takes With Lamar Jackson, five team to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's going to take a lot more than Missouri... Um, to, to make it the playoffs. Hey, App State starts their season with Penn State, so... Uh... I was getting there, I was getting there. Okay, <laughs> all right, keep going. I'm getting there. Uh, I'm going through the conferences in order. Conference USA, Florida Atlantic, and Marshall were really my own two candidates. Florida Atlantic, though, does play Oklahoma to start the season, and they also have Air Force and Central Florida. So there is potential for Florida Atlantic. Okay. Um, you know, they get, they get the year off with Oklahoma with a new quarterback, and, you know, there's a chance for an upset there. And then if UCF wins out and Florida Atlantic wins that game, you know, there's slim opportunity there. Um, Marshall, I know they had a huge season last year. They lost a good bit of talent, though. Um, however, they do have North Carolina State and South Carolina, two teams that, you know, aren't expected to do too much. Don't really have much hope there. Um, I'm going to skip down into Mountain West. Boise State's really a big one because they have Oklahoma State on their schedule. Uh, but that's about it. They also have Troy. Troy, the committee doesn't care about Troy. No, I agree. I agree. But if Troy can get another 10-win season and finish the year ranked, you know, that, that'd be two out-of-conference ranked wins. Um, and then they have, like, Fresno and San Diego State wins. You know, that's... Yeah. I'm, I'm just really... I'm really just kind of reaching here. Yeah, the, the OK State one, I agree. That that's a, That could be a selling point, definitely. But that's, I mean, look, um, okay, you you finish. You were you still have some some schools to talk about. Yeah, I'm just gonna breeze through these. Uh, San Diego State does have Stanford again, but we've seen that they they beat them last year and it didn't really do much. No, uh, they they have Arizona State um, on their schedule as well. It doesn't really move the needle. App State does start the year with Penn State, but then they're. Uh, Remaining schedule is just garbage. They play Charleston, they play Southern Miss, and Gardner. I was going to say Gardner-Webb, dude. That's huge. <laughs> Committee's going to look at that one. Uh, Arkansas State could have a big year, but they're playing SEMO, Tulsa, UNLV. However, they are playing Alabama. Now, let's <laughs> say by chance Arkansas <laughs> okay, State so, State Alabama. So let's just chalk it up to Arkansas State then, because they're the only ones with any chance, because if they can beat Alabama. Look, we've seen, we've seen the Ole Miss team that beat Alabama – and the committee keeps them in the playoffs just because they need Alabama to to not have any bad losses. So if Arkansas State can beat Alabama, then that's like 10 spots. Yeah. And then uh, finally wrapping up with the MAC, Toledo and Ohio are kind of the two favorites. Uh, they don't really have much out of conference. Toledo plays Miami. That could be a big one. But then, all right, here we go. The biggest one, I think. Northern Illinois. Ranked 69 preseason by the S&P Plus, but their out-of-conference schedule is probably the best out of this whole group. They play Iowa, Utah, Central Michigan, and Florida State. That's still not great, though. No, but I mean, if you get those four Wait, wins... Wait, did you say Central Michigan? Yeah, but I mean, Central Michigan is like perennially like eight or nine win seasons. That's in, that's in conference, though. I thought you said out-of-conference. Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, okay, so... Iowa, Utah, and Florida State, those are three Power 5 wins. Yeah, and that's... if those teams can go on to win eight or nine games, ten wins, that's really 
all I'm saying is like the only the only candidates in my eyes are Boise State, maybe, um, and then potentially Northern Illinois. It's really not a good year for for G5 teams to be looking at the playoffs. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say that there's no hope at all this year, um, especially with what we've seen in past years, how successful you can be and the teams you can beat and still not make it. This year, is not, it's just not going to happen. There's no way. Yeah. Any of these teams can go undefeated and they're not going to get in. So what I did was I looked at Bill Conley's S&P and um, just kind of broke down who I thought the best teams in each conference would be. Obviously, we can go into this more detail in a whole other episode, maybe closer to the season. But, you know, I just uh, the American, obviously UCF and USF. It's the exact same as last year. I had UCF and USF in the east and Memphis and Houston in the west. Uh, obviously, all these teams have flaws. UCF lost their coach. USF lost their quarterback. Memphis lost their quarterback. Houston, um, uh, it, I mean, we lost some wide receivers. The thing with Houston is, though, that we have Bryles now. Um, and I really think Houston might win the conference this year with with the talent they have, and now if he actually fixed the offense, I think they Yeah, the the S&P Plus doesn't factor in new coaching additions, so I think that could be huge. I think it could be. Bryles, I mean, I know we talked about this a lot um, when he first got hired, but love him or hate him, uh, well, I don't think anybody loves him, but I think he, he is a very good offensive coordinator, and if he implements his offense into the system that they're kind of having problems with then with the talent they have on the field houston could win the conference uh, championship hoping that ucf usf and memphis their losses from last year affect them enough mm-hmm. so it could be interesting uh, mountain west it's the exact same these are all like the same from last year boise state fresno and sdsu uh conference usa florida atlantic by far and then like marshall and unt could like do something maybe sunbelt app state and troy just like last year and the mac toledo and northern illinois i mean it's like so boring um and that, that was with a little bit of research too like i didn't just pick those out of a hat so i don't know um i think once again the american is gonna prove to just be the dominant g5 conference and they're yeah. just kind of running away with that yeah, it's yeah. like the Mountain West definitely still has some talent. It's like Boise State and then one other team, occasionally like SDSU or Fresno, will, will step up. But it seems like now the older the American is getting and the more they're solidifying their their uh, stability of being kind of the next step down from a P5. Obviously, they're not a P5, but year in and year out, they have the best G5 team. Even when people say it should be Boise State, I mean, USF, UCF, Memphis, Houston, it's they're just continuously the best. Yeah, they're they're the uh, the P five the P six. <laughs> Hashtag P six. P five and a half. Well, maybe we can call it like the Premier G five, the PG five. What was sad was when I was going to ECU games earlier this year, and they were doing the uh, the P six. The P six, yeah. And it's like that's not the team you want want <laughs> want marketing this, this slogan. <laughs> well, ECU still got the uh, the fan attendance, so they're they're always welcome to uh, 
to rep. No, they, they can do it at baseball games, but certainly not at football games. But they still have pretty good fan attendance in football, don't they? Oh, they do. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, I so say, as long as they're still... I don't care if they're shitty. When, when you're a G5, if you have... If you can maintain good fan attendance, that's like the biggest thing. Because that's actually the the hardest thing to do in a G five program. I think a lot oh, of people. I think a lot of people think it's just like trying to get the talent on the field, but it's really not. It's maintaining fan uh, a fan base. It's really hard to do. They certainly have that. Yeah, so I'm always gonna count them in as like one of the top blue bud uh, G five schools just because of that. Yeah, I think they'll get back. Yeah, it's, you know, there's like a few, like Cincinnati, Memphis, Boise State, ECU, Houston. There's a few, like, G5 schools that consistently have a fan base that most G5, other G5 schools just don't have. USF and UCF are getting there, but they're still fairly young. They don't have, like, a consistent fan base yet. They probably will. Just when they're good. Right. They probably will after these runs, though. I think this is going to solidify like a fan base that they can continuously have that they hadn't before. So they'll pro- they'll probably, you know, in the next few years be counted in that. At least one of those schools. Mm-hmm. But right. yeah. Well, uh, we talked some G5, which makes me happy because that's all I ever want to talk about. Yeah, in conclusion, it's not a good year for the G5 if you're looking for, uh, for a playoff. playoff implications. <laughs> no, I think it can be fun, though. I think the American's going to be a lot of fun. I'm yeah, really excited. Is, like, UCF doesn't have a great out-of-conference schedule, but I think maybe this year they might get a little more benefited out because of what they did last year. Yeah, that's true. I th- I just think, um, is UCF going to be as good as they were last year? Probably not. Is Memphis going to be as good as they were last year? Probably not. But I think collectively all the teams are going to be a little bit more like a, of a level playing field, and it's going to make a really exciting season for the American Conference. Dude, I, I, I think... UCF's going to be just as good as they were last year. I don't think so. I it don't think Milton so. Back, dude. I know. I think everybody thinks so. I just, I don't think so. I think, a, I think a lot of, I think you are overlooking the importance Scott Frost had on that team. Potentially, yeah. I think a lot of people are overlooking that. I think, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a, a knife, a dagger in my heart because it reminds me exactly of losing Herman and what happened. Um, you know, I, I think even if you have the talent on the field, I think there's something about like a great young coach uh, and the importance he has on a G5 program like that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I guess I was always impressed with um, with how good Scott Frost did as a uh, offensive coach, considering his defensive background, even though he had a weird background. He coached defense and then went to offense at Oregon, which is kind of weird. Yeah, especially um, at a school with, like Oregon. Yeah, with, with Josh Heupel now, kind of like an offensive guru. Right. Um, that should help. I don't know if that's going to fix any of their defensive woes, especially considering they lost a good bit on their defense. So, yeah, I, I, can see, I can see your point. I can't wait till I'm proven wrong and UCF just goes undefeated and I look like a fucking asshole. But this is what I believe. I just think, especially with the G5 team, um, a coach like that has a huge importance um, because it's not like a, a P5 program that you have a bunch of five-star athletes on there. It's, it's a little bit different. And I think the coach really has a huge role in uh, keeping that team together and winning a lot of those games. Well, then you want to put a little wager on this? 
if they're going to be as good as last year, sure. They will not be as good as last year. Well, no, You're, I'm going to say they're going to win 11 games. I was going to say, you'll definitely lose that bet because they were undefeated. Um, 11 games? Yeah, I'm going to say 11, 11 and 1 is what I'm willing to. Uh, I'd go under on that. Okay. I'd go under on I that. Know, I don't know what the wager is, but I'm saying 11 to 1. I think. Um, I think they could lose to U, uh, USF even. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely taking that. Well, I'm not gonna do that specific game. I'm just no. I'm just saying. I'll do the under though on their whole season with you. Okay. Dude, yeah. you're uh, you might be overlooking Florida Atlantic on their schedule. Well, that's the one loss that I'm backing in. Okay. Well, SMU is actually looking pretty good. Memphis. Uh, they don't have to play Houston. Oof. Yeah. Nah, I'll still go under. I'll still go under. All right. Yeah, what, I'm, I'm willing to do that. I think on a, on a later date. And I think uh, they'll lose the conference championship too. All right, eleven to one. Bold early prediction: UCF loses in the conference championship to Houston. That's bold. That's super bold. I don't think it's that bold, actually. That was sarcastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think last year, if I would have said that, that would have been bold. But, well, looking back last year, I I didn't think they would even make the conference championship. I had USF in the conference championship, so I had Memphis and USF. So, not too far off, though. All right, you want to finish this out with Ready Here First? Yeah, let's hear it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Read all about it. All right, this is an article I found a couple of days ago. It was pretty interesting. Uh, at first, I kind of glanced over it. But essentially, it's it's asking how many of the greatest coaches at a certain school are are currently coaching at that school. Um, so if you take a look at Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Coaches at the 130 programs across the Division One country, how many of those coaches are the best program or are the best coach in that program history? Like currently still coaching, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty I, – I gave this to you a couple days ago just so you could have some time to, to think about it. Um, I've kind of put together a little list. Okay, let me hear yours because I was having, obviously, Nick Saban. um, Who else? Shit. I don't have my list on me. I I actually had a few written down. Look, I I don't even think Nick Saban's the most most guaranteed on the list. Oh, out of... Yeah, I could could see where you're... I I could see where you're coming from because of how great Alabama's had it. Um, so yeah, he's not Bear Bryant 
and Nick Saban are like the two greatest coaches of all time. So would so you say quite... would you say Gary Patterson then? Yeah, Gary Patterson's pretty much like the top of my list. Um, yeah, Gerald from North from Northwestern. Mm, um, just his, his sustained success. Thirteen years, he's he's had a over five hundred record, which is just unheralded in uh, in Northwestern history. Uh, I've also got Bill Snyder. I think that's a, a easy one too. You know, he's been coaching there for almost thirty years. Uh, it's kind of hard to argue that like half the program's history has been him. Yeah, that's true. That <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, that's pretty much it for like the locks. The rest are kind of debatable. Um, Mike Gundy, I've got, and Mark D'Antonio. I think those are the kind of the two in the in the threshold. It's kind of like, eh, you could probably debate those. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's had success before. So is Michigan State. They've won championships. So it, it might not be a lock there. Um, did you have anybody on the list so far that I haven't covered? So I had kind of a, a crazy one. Um, and I think everybody's going to disagree with me on this. Well, you know what? He, he's probably not the best of all time there, but I think he would be like two, maybe even three, um, that nobody would think about, but, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, a Texas tech. If you look at Texas tech's record, they, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of good seasons. No, they, I agree, but they've never won a conference. They've never, I mean, it's not very good. Mike Leach was probably their best coach of all time. I was about to say I, I would still put Mike Leach over that. Well, that's why I said that's why I said Cliff is probably like second. But that's crazy that if Cliff Kingsbury would be their second best coach. Um, this is I, just the anti-Texas Tech podcast. <laughs> they've had uh, coaches that will have like one season of like eleven wins, but then they'll go back down to like six the next season mm-hmm. you know what i mean they don't have like a coach that went consistent uh if you look i'm, I'm scrolling through their their history and, and they don't have coaches really that was that consistent i mean spike dykes in the 90s um had a winning record every year but i mean his best was nine and three and other than that it was just a lot of sixes so yeah they that's just an interesting one that you would never think because he's not that great of a coach. But you really, yeah. Like once you start going through these, this, all the programs, you do kind of come up with some interesting ones. So I'm gonna continue with my list. Some more uh, debatable ones. Dabo Swinney, honestly. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he's only been there a couple of years, but I no. think another couple of years with with this success, and he's he's probably got it. Well, how much like. I don't know. Maybe I sound like an idiot, but how was how great was Clemson before he was there? I mean, their history. Well, he, they've they've been very successful before um, with William Perry. You know, the fridge. Uh, that was so want, long ago. Yeah, I'm having. Yeah, okay. I want to say they did. They did have a championship or two before he got there. Um, regardless, you know, he's he's got him a championship. Let's see. Let's look at their history. They do have two national championships. One with him. One back in '81, so I guess whoever was coaching him back in '81 looks like it was Denny Ford. Yeah, he's probably he's probably got the title right now over Dabo, but Dabo's definitely. Um, I think though, up. by the time Dabo retires and we all look back at it, we'll pr- we're probably gonna say Dabo. Yeah, definitely. He, so I think I think I would consider him right now the best 
he's going to be the best Clemson uh, football coach of all time. So, he's so young. I mean, he's he's 49, but he's been there 11 years. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, he's going to retire there, I imagine. I don't see any reason why he'd leave. He's built that program. It's his program. I mean, he's definitely yeah. the most loved guy there, like in the state of South Carolina. No, yeah, I know I know all the rumors for him to Alabama to replace Nick Saban, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I know he, he played there, and he's got family still in, in Tuscaloosa, but... Why would you want to be the guy that replaces Nick Saban? No, like that, that, is that would the be the biggest thing. Kevin Durant move of all time. <laughs> like, why would you leave? What's Alabama going to offer you that Clemson can't? And I know Alabama's like Alabama, but I don't care, man. You've been able to do everything that Saban is able to do at Clemson. So, like, why would you leave? Yeah, It's the not like you need anything else. Clemson is giving yeah. you everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, they're, they're, He's got the second highest salary in the country, but guess who's first? Yeah, but still, I mean, that's just like, that's just semantics at that point. And I know semantics at that point is millions of dollars, but I think I'd rather not be hated by everyone and not, you know, take a couple more million dollars because you're already making millions. So who cares? Like at that point, I just, I just like, I just like entertaining the thought that he might replace Nick Saban. That'd be fun. Um, Oh man, I, I, I like him too. So that would go from me liking him to just pure hatred for the guy. I think this, this is a pretty good one. Rick Stockstill from Middle Tennessee. Um, How long has he been coaching seasons, there? And he's got a really good record at Middle, Middle Tennessee. How long? How many seasons? 13. Okay. Yeah, MTSU has been pretty good over that past time, and I don't know a, how good they were yeah. before. Above 500 record. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I know. Uh, yeah, Rick Stockstill. So, um, David Shaw from Stanford, I was uh, thinking, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Stanford's history, so yeah, I, I, I couldn't go, go there. Hmm. Um, I think this one, this one's pretty, uh, pretty good one. Kurt Ferentz from Iowa. Uh, been there for 20 seasons. Huh. And, yeah, over uh, about a, about a, um, 60% winning percentage. He was the one coaching so, when there when I was a kid, I guess, because that 20 yeah. seasons, that was when I was younger watching football. Yeah, one of the longest 10 years in college football, I think, just behind Bill Snyder. Midwest, um, man. You know, any, anybody that makes it that far, you've, you've got to probably put them at the top of the Just list. because they've had so many opportunities to be good. Um, obviously, Major Applewhite, you forgot to mention him. Mm-hmm. Probably the greatest of all time. I will say... The Houston program, that's gonna that's a tough one for any coach to come in and try to take over, uh, take the reign as the greatest coach that's ever been there. The Houston program? Yeah. Bill Yeoman, Art Bryles, Sumlin was really good there, Tom Herman. But the thing is, it can't just be a coach that is coached there that is a good coach. It has to be a coach that has won their sustained success. It can't just be like Tom Herman coached two seasons there, but then he got his his name at Texas. Yeah, but what did he have three losses in two years? I mean, it's still like, I, I see what you're saying. He wasn't there for very long, but that those two seasons are still going to be hard to beat. Yeah. So, so what if a coach coaches there for 15 years and has, you know, 18 or like eight, eight bowl wins. If Houston is ever able to keep a coach for 15 years, then he's automatically the, the best that's ever coached there. I'll, I'll give you that yeah. one. Even if he has a losing overall record, I would still be like, nope. Uh, he for some reason stayed at Houston for 15 years, so he's the best. All right, so that leads me to Frank Solich from Ohio. He's been coaching there for 14 seasons, and he's got almost a uh, 60% winning percentage. So 
I'd say that he's probably the best in Ohio history. Yeah, I, I have no idea about that. <laughs> uh, and then moving to, I've just been writing down a whole bunch of names. Um, David Cutcliffe from Duke. How long has okay. he been there? He's been there. I mean, Duke has no football history. Right. Okay. I was going to say, he actually has done fairly well there, and they've never him, been good. Yeah, he took him to that big bowl game against Texas A&M like five years ago. Remember that? And almost Johnny won. Manziel. Against Johnny Manziel. They, they on the ropes, yeah. They should have beat him. I was like, holy shit. That would have been awesome. Let's not forget, Duke played in a stadium less than four seasons ago that had a track around the field. <laughs> That's right. No. That's no right. No school in the country has ever done that. I forgot about that. They had a track. They just removed it a couple seasons ago. Yeah, because if you ever played there on the old NCAA games, their stadium had the track around it. You remember that? Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's never going to go. It's I mean, that's going to live in history. You can just always find that on Google. Well, you can just go back and play the last NCAA they ever made, and you'll still see <laughs> Duke's track. That's true. That's the last game that they ever made. So if you ever want to play it, Duke's got to suffer the fact that uh, they have a track around their stadium. I got a couple others. Uh, Kyle Whittingham from Utah. Um, he's been coaching for 14 seasons. Has a really good winning percentage, um, 66%. Um, you know, he's a pretty high-paid coach. Kind of un- kind of underlooked um, in the Pac-12. Ken uh, Niamatololo from Navy. Right. I don't really know Navy's. I know that the the, the um, military schools have a good history. I was just gonna say that Army, right? that one's a little tough because I'm sure back in like the 50s or something <laughs> or the 40s, what, yeah. I don't, they they probably were like, haven't they won like national championships and stuff? Like, so I think that any military school is a little hard to do just because of the history that they have. I was gonna say I, I thought it was mainly Army, but it could be Navy as well. And then um, final two, I think these are. These are good ones. Rocky Long from San Diego State. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like Ninety-five years old. He's been coaching there since. Oh the my 40s. god. Yeah, but he has done really well there. So yeah. And then and then one that just uh, was was too easy was uh, Joe uh, Moglia from Coastal Carolina because they're such, <laughs> such a young program. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think of. Okay, you win yeah. this episode for that. Actually, the, the first coach actually probably would have won uh, if he didn't get fired from the program but um joe moglia he was their second coach and um he's just killed it he's got the highest win percentage other than kirby smart damn out of qualified coaches actually i mean if you just look at coaches that have coached six seasons he's got the highest winning percentage in the country other than urban meyer well yeah i still think out of all these i gotta go with gary patterson i'm a huge fan of his he was coaching them when they were a G5. Well, that was before G5 was even a thing. Because that's when the, there was six teams that had the bowl tie-ins. You remember with the Big East, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in the Mountain West. You know, he won at least Boise. one conference championship there. And then transitioned his team to the Big 12 when the whole uh, P5, G5 thing starts. And then just... You know, after like one season of mediocrity, just starts killing it in the Big Twelve. I don't I, that that I've always just looked up to him for that. That's so impressive. No, I agree. He's he is a uh, he's should be a role model for any young coach. Yeah, and he, the fact that he never left. I'm sure schools, bigger schools, probably looked at him. I imagine. Oh, he's got to, but it, it always. 
it kind of always seems like whenever coaching hires are, are being made that his name is never brought up, which is weird. Well, and that kind of goes back to uh, – I God damn it, I keep bringing this podcast back to Houston. But now that we're talking about football and G5, I can't help myself. Um, that was always the thing was if if uh, Houston would have gotten a bid to the Big 12, could they have convinced Tom Herman to stay? And mm-hmm. that would have been just like the Gary Patterson thing. Like he's, I think one of the main reasons he stayed at TCU was they transitioned to the Big 12. And he was like, well, I don't need to leave then because now I'm coaching at a, at a school in a big conference and we can win here. Yeah, definitely. So I think that probably helped uh, him stay. If they, if they would have still been in the Mountain West, he would have left for sure. All right, and then uh, wrapping this up, what do you think about ESPN Plus? I I don't know. What are you talking about? You don't? It's I think it's like five bucks a month. It's just a little ESPN add-on that they're doing for smaller conference uh, games. Oh. It's gonna be it's gonna be like every sport though, and I don't. Um, so it's gonna expand their coverage. Um, so we've always gotten the the uh, smaller conference football games, but now we're gonna get pretty much every game for uh for every sport and the smaller conferences that's not terrible um but it's five i think it's five bucks a month and you don't get american conference games yeah it's because they got the deal with fox or whatever right or no they have a deal with espn that's weird so So i I guess well i think you can all american games are on the espn website because they have a deal with espn yeah so I'm, i'm talking about like gymnastics uh like any small like softball well, I, I think that's I, probably why they're not included in this because the American already has like a separate deal with ESPN. So, this is probably for for conferences that ESPN didn't prior have deals with. I guess. Well, and and you said it was G five, right? Yeah, it's it's G it's all G five. Well, yeah, that's why then because it's it's P six. Americans are P six. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So. Yeah, that's that's probably why. But that is interesting. I'll need to look into that because that yeah, would be that'd be awesome to watch some Sun Belt games. Definitely. Um, last question before we log off: Is there any food that delivers that's not pizza or Chinese? Oh, um, but I want to drive anywhere. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Um, if Panera Bread's still open, where you're at, they deliver. Jimmy John's, I believe, delivers. Oh, Jimmy John. Yeah, you're right. Um, there you go. Also, I just wanted to, one last thing I wanted to wrap up, college hockey, the championship, it happened. The Frozen Four, um, Notre Dame beat Michigan, so Michigan heartbroken again, 4-3. But Minnesota Duluth continued their Cinderella story, beat Ohio State 2-1. Okay, so now it's Notre Dame versus Minnesota Duluth in the championship. Guess who won? Duluth. Yeah, you're right. Two to one, Minnesota Duluth beat Notre Dame. So, college hockey, best sport in college. I'd agree. Okay, baseball and college hockey. The only difference is baseball in the World Series usually just has the same teams. Hockey clearly is all upsets and Cinderella stories. Yeah. Until I do some research and find out Minnesota Duluth has like the most hockey national championships or some stupid yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to sound like an idiot because I don't actually uh, do any research. I just look up scores. All right. That's All right, it. Let's go play some Fortnite. Let's play some Fortnite. Let's whoop some ass. All right. Peace. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.